Greetings! You're listening to the audio version of Up the Waterfall. Check out the video version to see us and everything we talk about by visiting youtube.com slash Xanaland. Thanks for listening! Well, now you got into this mess by going down a waterfall. Now, how would you suppose we'd get them out of that? By going up the waterfall? That's right! Anything's possible in Disneyland. <laughs> Welcome, friends, to episode 16 of Up the Waterfall podcast. That's right. With your hosts, Zana and Scott Otis. Hello. That's us. Here we take a journey up the waterfall of Disney parks, history, facts, and nostalgia with a present day twist. <laughs> yes. And today is the first episode back after we took a little break for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Very busy time around here. Quite. <clears throat> uh, but in addition to being the first episode of, I guess, you know, our second season, if you want to call it that, sure. we are going to start at the beginning, as it were, and tell the story of us. Ooh. And I think one of the most interesting parts of the Disney fandom is how we all got here. And we all got here from different ways and have different stories and our story ended up intertwining and becoming (laughs) part of each other so that's right we're going to tell our stories and then we hope that we'll hear from you guys and you can tell us your stories as well because everyone has one yeah so without further ado Hmm? you're gonna start me (laughs) (laughs) well i'll try to make this interesting okay so where does it go from uh for me and actually started way back in Anaheim. Um, but actually, even before that, <laughs> my folks, actually, uh, they had a, a, a Midwestern upbringing. Uh, my, my father from uh, Iowa and my mother from Nebraska, and actually Nebraska is where they met. And so they, whenever I would visit my grandparents' house, I would kind of get a feel for how a, an old Midwest town, you know, a small Midwest town was, kind of like Walt in a way. And uh, so I ca- that's really the only personal uh, uh, insight that I have into kind of that small town mm. Midwest thing because I always grew up in a small or a large uh, area uh, because they uh, moved to Orange County, California. And um, I was actually born in a hospital on Harbor Boulevard, the same street as Disneyland. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in Orange County, California, um, right in the shadow of uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle. In Anaheim? Very close. (laughs) (laughs) The hospital is in Fullerton. I lived in Placentia, but uh, I literally lived just um, a stone's throw away from the Anaheim border, and I I actually did throw stones. So I'm (laughs) there. Sounds like something you would do. Yeah, because the railroad track would go right there, and the railroad track was in Anaheim, and my house was just on the other side in Placentia. That's very dangerous. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, I was a small boy, so <laughs> that's what we did. It was different in the 70s. But, I mean, even back then, I had a view uh, from my parents' bedroom window of the Disneyland fireworks. So, kind of like now. Um, that's crazy to think about for me. Yeah. Because I just didn't ever think about Disneyland. But I didn't go to Disneyland as often as I go to Disney World now. Uh, but, you know, 
so it was actually my parents' tradition to take each of us, because I have I'm the third of four and I have three sisters. Uh, our first trip to Disneyland was always on our fourth birthday. So that would have been 1974 for me to Disneyland. If you can think about that, that was uh, just after its, what, uh, 19th birthday? Hmm. Yeah. So kind of in the early times of those. So I actually got to experience all of those uh, fun uh, early attractions that a lot of people are very nostalgic about, like such things as Adventure Through Inner Space, American Sings, The American Journeys, uh, even the, uh, I can never remember the name of it. Mind train the mind through nature's yes, wonderland. Mind train through nature's wonderland. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, so I, you know, to me, that Tomorrowland, especially um, which opened in '67, uh, that was kind of like my, that was my jam. That was my favorite part was that Tomorrowland because it was the world on the move. You know, they still had the people mover, the submarine voyage, the you know the Skyway, America sings, um, and all of that. And Adventure Through Inner Space, which was one of my favorites. So I, you know, I, I grew up going to Disneyland, not super often, but uh, enough where it was always a favorite of mine. And then at one point, I think um, I can't remember which birthday, but my parents thought, "Hey, you should grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Six Flags Magic Mountain. I think you'll really like it." And so they convinced me to go there on my birthday one year. And I actually did uh, like it quite a lot, and that's kind of how I uh, grew to love roller coasters, because um, that was kind of like a big boy park with uh, a lot <laughs> of the, you know, they had Colossus and the Revolution and the Gold Rusher and things like that back then. You know, it's actually since grown up to be a, a huge roller coaster park, which I've gone back to uh, a couple of times. But uh, so that was slowly um for a brief time kind of became my favorite thing and they actually lured me away from the disney for just a brief while but then you know it, it's it's within me so i was like <laughs> you know i don't think i want to go to magic mountain this year let's let's go back to disneyland they would say are you sure it's like yes so disneyland became my thing but then in 1982 <laughs> When I was 11 or 12, actually right around my 12th birthday, uh, we moved to Texas. Right, the Dallas, they, they actually got a new job, or they got transferred to a, they were in the aerospace, um, the, yeah, with Rockwell That makes them Rockwell sound like rocket scientists. Well, they actually worked for the company that made the, uh, the space shuttle orbiters. Hmm. So we actually got to, vi um, I remember, tour the original U uh, Enterprise which was the kind of the test space shuttle mm. that um, that they helped make. Um, but anyway, their job got transferred to uh, kind of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and that's where I moved when I was 12. And those were kind of the dark times <laughs> because I was so <laughs> far from Disney. Uh, no Disneyland there. But, uh, I, um, you know, I would go to the libraries and try to, you know, find as many books as I could on Disney or any actually any kind of theme park and found those books and those were very entertaining and I, w I did convince my uh, family in 1984 to come to Disney World for our first Disney World vacation um, and that was that made a huge impression on me as you can we tell. talked about that in our yeah. Epcot series I believe I believe it yeah it was literally How on that trip when I said yep I'm gonna end up here <laughs> and I was, you know, just even less than 14 years old at that wow. time. So, um, but that, you know, that was 84. So we went to Epcot and the Magic Kingdom and the Village Marketplace. 
and that was just the best thing ever. But, you know, after vacation ends, I had to go back. And, uh, you know, I did go back to Disneyland a couple of times. And, but I actually got a job. My very first job was actually at Six Flags Magic, or not Magic Mountain, uh, Six Flags <laughs> Over Texas, the original Six Flags, um, because it was the only thing nearby. And uh, I actually uh, made funnel cakes there. For, for one season, the 1986 season, which incidentally is the only single calendar year in that entire span when I've uh, never did, went to a Disney park. So even though I went to... Dark uh, times lived indeed. In, lived in Texas from 82 all the way through my high school, or even college graduation in 92, in that 10-year span, I actually did manage to make it to a Disney park every year, except for that one year in 86, but it was that year that I worked at Six Flags. Hmm. It's weird that you didn't end up in food services based on your <laughs> teenage jobs of making funnel cakes and then serving ice cream. It was an awesome <laughs> job, I'll tell you what. Um, just It just sounds like a fun experience, like someone should make a movie about yeah, it, how you, you know, were just the kind of a, a in. perfect first job for a, you know, a high school kid, um, just being able to go to a theme park you know, every day. And sometimes I would go there you know, and kind of stay longer. Or, you know, go earlier just to be able to play in the parks. But it wasn't Disney. And so when I um, graduated high school, I did, uh, I wanted to go to the University of Florida. But I, we were not able to afford out-of-state tuition. So I went to the next best thing, the best, what I consider the best uh, in-state college. I uh, was Texas Tech. So I went there from 88 to 92, graduated. But it was in the middle of that that I actually... Um, Worked at Disney World. Mm, but I didn't not do, on I, the yeah, I didn't do the college program because um, I, I knew that there were three aspects to the college program. You had to, you know, the work, and then there had the school aspect, and then living there. And I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> so, I didn't either, but yeah. I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to work there, uh, but apparently you can't just go there and show up at casting, which I did, and just say, hey, give me a job. You definitely because can't do that say, now. what's your local address? Mm. And I say, oh. But incidentally, you know, just the fluke of all flukes, the person who I just happened to know at the time, his sister worked in the casting building. And so when I used that person's name as kind of my reference, they said, are you related? Is this person related to this person who works right here? And so I assured them that I would get a local address, which I did get in the next couple of days, <coughs> renting a room in a house. Um, but, yeah, so I worked here some um, summers and uh, Christmas seasons from in between my sophomore and junior years of college, Every basically every summer and Christmas season until I graduated. You just drove out here? And uh, yep, that's right. That's so crazy to me that you didn't ever work at Disneyland having grown up right down well, the street was yeah. it just the lure of Epcot that you were like I, I want to work here yeah. it was it, yeah Epcot but also when we moved away from Disneyland in 82 I left no family behind so well yeah that's I true. mean when I but you didn't have family in Florida that's true <laughs> I mean yeah that is very true I guess it was the just kind of the epic size of all of uh, Disney World and Epcot that uh, lured me at that time, that was my, yeah. my thing. <clears throat> it was a big deal. Yeah, it was a huge deal. <laughs> and so, yeah, just even kind of with the entire, you know, the opening of Epcot, which I actually, when 
exactly when Epcot opened, I was not aware of that. It was kind of mm-hmm. like the, the the year following when I read about this thing that everyone was talking about called Epcot, and that's when I started to investigate it more. Because when you're you know living in Texas, you don't have access to the internet because it's the early 80s. <laughs> yeah. um, so I only had library books, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, to, to go see. And so eventually, you know, that's when the Epcot book came out. And so I got that. And uh, that's actually kind of what started my love of Disney books. So As mentioned in our Disney books Epcot special? I don't know. One of the Epcot things. You should listen to all of them if you haven't. (laughs) And actually that that brings me to a a small thing where I actually have to go back because there was one uh, thing when I did live in California. I remember going to the Orange Mall in uh, I think it was on Lincoln in the Orange County not in in the city of Orange in Orange County, California. There's the Orange Mall. And it was in a the B. Dalton bookseller there that I happened to find a book on one of their display shelves that I looked at and I just enthralled me. I remember it had fireworks on the cover and I couldn't really remember everything about it, but just look, you know, thumbing through it, it was just everything that I wanted. Uh, And I didn't get the book, but I always remembered it. And then, um, and that'll cut back to later when I discovered eBay. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. But, uh, so I'll put a pin in that one right there. <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, as, I, as I was mentioning, I did work uh, at Disney for the summer and Christmas seasons all the way through the end of college. I graduated in 1992, and I hightailed it out here to Disney World and have Got been a ever real since. real job at Disney. Well. Or are you still casual temporary or uh, no, part-time? I, th- I did turn from casual temporary to permanent. But I still had the same job, selling ice cream. I, yeah, I guess I never mentioned what I did. I sold ice cream oh, at Epcot. Oh, right. And not on this episode, yes. Yeah. And that's actually where I met my best friend, Alex. Alex Wright. I know a lot of people Following have heard of him. Following in the footsteps of many a famous Imagineer selling ice cream. Tony that's Baxter, right. but he was scooping it. Yeah, he scooped ice cream. Alex and I, we sold ice cream bars, which we used dry ice, and so they were hard frozen, and we had to warn every guest about that. <laughs> Safety. <laughs> Because they stuck to your tongue. <laughs> I do remember that. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, yeah, Alex has since uh, gone on to become one of the, you know, the third generation Imagineers that, uh, that presents at D23 and a lot of that. He's a good pal. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, you know, I did not become an Imagineer because I did not have the, I guess, the imagination that it took. You sell yourself short, sir. I, There's I lots of Imagineering true. positions, though. That's true. I have learned recently in the past, you know, handful of years. That's true. It doesn't have to be necessarily creative. It can be. That is true. Other areas, and but who you knows know, that's another topic. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I moved out here um, permanently. Found myself a place, and then eventually I uh, worked at ticketing. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, not not ticketing at any of the individual parks, but kind of like admissions as a whole, where all of the paper tickets went at the yeah, end you of were every like day. I audited stuff. and did inventory of all the paper tickets and then delivered them each day. That get to a, drive into the parks a lot, that's right? That's right. Uh, yeah, we got one of our um, daily activities was to d- hop in a van and essentially collect all the ticket boxes from all the uh, main entrance locations. 
in order to do that, you know, and this was before the parks would open, so we got to drive on Main Street in a van or, you know, in the front of Epcot, which was uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. So I've actually seen a lot of the entire Disney World property in the, in the van, in the ticketing vans. And you've got photos to prove. No, I'm just kidding. You don't. No. Heavens no. <laughs> That's not right. He doesn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, a, that was a fun job. Um, and I did that for a spell. And actually, it was uh, while I was at that job, I helped um, develop the, op, um, the, op, um, the ticketing system that they now use when they went from paper tickets to the um, automated ticketing system. And so I actually helped with that with blizzard beach as well as animal kingdom so i was officially part of the opening team of animal kingdom and he has a jacket to prove it i do <laughs> that <laughs> it's one's not very real cool looking but it's a uh, it, uh, i yeah. think it's coming back in style now uh, hopefully it's a jeans it really jacket with well. like those <laughs> different colored sleeves ones. yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, but that was that's actually the only park that i've uh, been to the opening of uh, on that on the opening day of Animal Kingdom, I actually before I went to work that day, I was I made sure to be at the opening turnstiles. I was actually the first person through one of the turnstiles <laughs> that day, and was the first person to ride a Countdown to Extinction that day. The the guy who was there, he actually was like, "You're our first guest," and he took my photo <laughs> and sent it to me later, even <laughs> though I had already ridden the ride many times during all of the cast previews, but. On the opening day, I was the first one. And I actually met Joe Rohde that day. Me too. <laughs> Not really, but sort of. My mom did. I, I got my photo taken with Joe Rohde on opening day of Animal Kingdom. It was kind of as he was on his way to all of the opening day festivities. Mm. So that was a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, so from that, um, I did ticketing for a lot of years. I can't even remember how many. And now all of that technology is obsolete. It really is. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> it was. But then I, I wanted to um, do something that was more along my personal interests. And so mm. I uh, moved to uh, the libraries. And they had, uh, you know, in the backs of a lot of the work locations, they have kind of libraries. Um, the one I worked at was for the Yellow Shoes, uh, the, which was the creative group, the advertising group. And uh, and then I also worked at the, the Library and Research Center, which actually originated as Epcot Outreach, which was an on um, within Communicore. Mm. I don't know if you remember, Communicore West had a place. Oh, I do. Where uh, people <laughs> would be able to go and ask questions because Epcot was so new. Anyway, the what that Epcot Outreach was then developed into kind of the behind the scenes mm. um, library that I worked at. And so I actually worked with a lot of the people that worked at uh, Epcot Outreach back in those days. So that was very cool just to be able to learn from them all of the fun you know, opening mm, nuggets of Epcot. And now that's closed. Yes, that eventually <laughs> closed and that's all right. <laughs> I, I've since moved on. Yes, yeah. But anyway, it was because, not, not because of that, but just my because of my love of Disney, uh, right around I think March of 2000. That's when I discovered eBay. Oh, right. Which I told you I had a pin yes. in that. Um, I was like, hmm, wow, you could find all these books. Because I had a, a small collection of books, including the the Epcot book, I mm -hmm. think, which are behind me, and the, the Disneyland book by Randy Bright. 
the inside story. Those were kind of like my two big coffee table books. But I was like, hmm, I could get a lot more. <laughs> and I think within a two-month span, March and April of uh, the year 2000, I had acquired, I think, 500 volumes of books. Yikes, dude. Which essentially created the library that I... Wow. Have now. And they've had lots of babies since then <laughs> and have grown exponentially. Yes, I got a giant set of bookshelves to house them all. And uh, yeah, be, you know, because to me, yeah, you could, you know, a lot of people, they do pins. It's a good thing to collect. Or stuffed animals yeah. or, or whatever. But to me, it's the information. So um, I just wanted books and all of the magazines, you know, the Disney News, all of the annual reports and all ephemera, of that. Ephemera, as it were. Yes, heard. ephemera. And you know, all the park maps and that kind of thing. So I took to collecting those. Very, very cool. I mean, it really is a great thing to collect for the history. And, you yes. know, it's still going today. There, as long as, as, although you cannot get them in stores as much, you know, like the Disney parks and everything, which you used to always, there was always oh, one yeah. place to get yeah, books. I would always go to, you know, the the places, you know, there was two R's reading and writing at uh, downtown Disney or mm-hmm. the the Village Marketplace. There was, you know, the place, there was, eat, um, there was a shop on Main Street. There was, um, you know, the, what was Ellen's bookshop? Oh, yeah, book shop. the book, the writer's stop. A writer's stop, thank you. As yeah. well as a place in Epcot. There, are, there was always go-to places where I would find Disney books. It's interesting that they, I mean, they... I guess you can find them every now and then, but it's really not. I guess yeah, just because really, of Amazon and they've stuff. They've gone away from that. Because they exist. There's new books yeah, being published the all books, the time. They just don't They don't really showcase them as Nobody well wants as to carry a book around with them, I guess. Yeah, and I know <laughs> you can always get the, the Kindle version or whatever. Oh, that would be or silly. Or iBooks. But oh. to me, it's the, <laughs> you know, the thumbing through a book. And that's why you often see behind us. Yes. This is a, a lot of these a very volumes. short example of the many that exist. But yeah, so my Disney library has become my baby. <laughs> and yeah, I've got a few and I've as you said, I've acquired a few since the, those times and, and it's tough to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of my thing now. And then uh, uh, one other thing about me was that uh, um, in the most uh, recent decade, I guess if you will, in the early 2010s, I did have the fortune to um, travel overseas to check out the parks over there. Uh, Tokyo Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland, and even Disneyland Paris. I've not been to Shanghai yet. That's because you met me and stopped traveling overseas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. No, that was when I first really started following you, I guess. on. I mean, I had followed you. Because you always had interesting conversations with, which I'll get to in the the original days of Disney Twitter. But Ah, when you were in Japan for the first time, that's when I was like constantly retweeting you and being like, everyone should follow Otisney. He's in Japan. It's amazing. Yeah. Back then, it was a pretty unique thing. It was. And then Tom Bricker came along and everyone (laughs) goes there all the time forever. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and I totally fell in love with uh, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Seas. And that place is amazing. I swear, <laughs> I will take you. I promise. I know it's been me that's that's been stopping it because the idea of leaving my children for you know two weeks at a time. But now they're getting weeks. older, so 
<laughs> two of them can take care of themselves. So. That's right. So. We'll see. Someday. Yes, I, I do promise. <laughs> I, I'm making that promise. So okay. they'll have to hold me to it. Hmm. But I, so anyway, I did get the, the fortune to, uh, to see what those overseas parks were like. And Tokyo Disney is by far amazing the the most amazing place they've certainly made some uh steps in the right direction in the in the other parks um they've opened some cool things and i've heard great things about shanghai and alani and so we'll have to make sure to see all those <laughs> but yeah it was also in that time that's kind of when all of social media started happening to me i think it was probably right around it wasn't because of but it was right around the time of the american idol opening <laughs> Uh, experience the American yeah. Idol experience opening at the studios that I actually joined Twitter and then you know did this whole social media thing and that's probably when I found you know WDW radio which is one of those uh, podcasts I followed and listened to <laughs> you may have heard of it yeah you may have heard of it and then also you know Twitter and I think that's when I discovered Xanaland and eventually I think through uh, several meetings, uh, you know, meets of the month or whatever, we uh, kind of joined forces. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Brand <laughs> That's right. I think I've had a I've been a detriment to your your brand reputation. Oh, stop. No. Oh well. <laughs> Here we are. But yeah, and so yeah. Well, that, we, is that uh, it? Is that your story? Pretty much. I don't know if I've... <laughs> I didn't want to cut you off if you no, were done. Um, yeah. All that right. is for the <clears throat> most part. You know, there's probably little bits and... Yeah, I mean, that will that's will be the fun of the podcast as we continue on. Of course, we'll be adding more, you know, we're not doing a whole play-by-play -play of our entire lives. I could do that, but... Although, let I me start should. by saying I was born... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so we'll, you know... You can interject in my story as and, well. And it's very done. possible that I would be like, oh, wait, there's this one very important thing that I forgot to right. say. And we've been talking about doing this type of episode, this, you know, content for a while. And depending on the day of the week or, you know, whatever's going on, I'll think of like, oh, this is what I'm going to say. And yeah. this is going to be great. I have all this stuff to say. And whatever that was. A couple weeks ago, I have no yeah, idea because I, like, I did not write it down, and I, think I don't like remember. Like three weeks ago, I had I had thought about everything I was going to say, and I had it all mapped yeah. out. I did not write it down, well, and you uh, know, so it'll be a new episode instead of when that we remember episode, things. You got the one that you got. <laughs> Hopefully, that was slightly interesting. The story of us, part twelve, will be you know happening someday. I mean, but I mean, I don't want to short sell the, the the meeting you part. That was certainly the most important that's very silly you don't have to say <laughs> i mean it seems like i kind of gave it short shrift at the end no i mean we all ended up together so you know they yeah. know how it ends it ended with <laughs> this podcast and but it'll we're continue. out good night anyway no. so so please tell us about okay where you came from and well in going over what you know my bullet points basically and wanting to find corresponding blog posts just to reference for myself or photos or whatever I realize I pretty much have talked about my whole story in every other episode so <laughs> I'll put it all together here but this is probably not going to be news to anyone I mean yeah bits of what I've said yeah you know, have, have been said before but um, it's all fun to have it in one yeah place. so you know if you're listening for the first time 
and you have no idea who we are, then this will be fun, I guess. Who is Suzanne? Well. Or Xanalant. I have no idea why my family first went to Disneyland. I mean, well, Disneyland. I'm already (laughs) starting off with a bang with incorrect information. Uh, Walt Disney World. My parents met in Boston. That's where my mom is from. My dad was in, he actually grew up in Ocala, Florida, and Jacksonville, and was stationed in the Navy for some reason in, I think, Situate, Massachusetts. So, I don't know. And he worked at the same, uh, at this restaurant where my mom's first husband worked. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, they, she was already getting a divorce. It was the 50s or 60s or whatever. I don't know. She was, you know, frowned upon for that. But whatever, man, she blazed a trail and met my dad. And um, so they got married. And I guess because he had lived in Ocala, his mom was still there and his family was still in Florida. So they visited her a few times. And I think my first visit to Walt Disney World as a result of that was when I was like six months old. So I have no memory of that. There are photos of me (laughs) in my mom's photo albums of um, me visiting SeaWorld in one of the original little like whale or dolphin strollers that they had. Have you ever seen those I've seen those, yeah. So I was in one of those. But would that make your first visit to Disney World in the year 74? I guess so, Because that was my first year of uh, going to Disneyland. Really? That's funny. Wow. We're learning things. Um, yeah, because, but there's uh, there's not really any pictures of me at Disney World back then on that day. I don't know why. There's, they might be somewhere. But there are pictures of my sister and brother. Um, maybe it was 75 the first year. I don't know. No. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. <laughs> my mom doesn't write the years down no, correctly, she not, so. She's not a great historian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom, if you're listening, but. Um, Anyway, so I have no memory of that. There's a picture of me like picking an orange from an orange grove. So we apparently visited Uh that over the years. I don't know if these were like multiple trips or different ones, but we had gone to Cypress Gardens, which I do definitely remember that because that is ingrained in my brain. And I don't remember really going to Bush Gardens, I don't think. But my mom talks about going and like it being so hot that like the asphalt was melting under her shoes i don't know if that she really happened or if that, she heard uh, the disneyland disneyland i don't know day it, it was hot i can i'm <laughs> sure you know having lived here i would agree that it was extremely hot yes um but in this the late 70s i guess at some point we went to um disney world and i have very vague memories of that and that is mm. when I, I think I posted about it. Ah, yes, this one. Um, sorry, I'm looking at various tabs <laughs> I have open here. Um, that was the picture of me with the frozen banana, oh, yes. which uh, I'll give this to Christian to post. This is my grandmother right here, my dad's mom, my mom, my brother, me. Yep. This is my sister, right but she's cut of off. Right in front Cinderella Castle. Yeah, and I love the, the outfits that people are wearing <laughs> in the background. So I have vague memories of that, not really too much as far as where we I think we stayed with my grandmother in Ocala and drove over for that visit I could be wrong could be just making that up I have no idea anyway the big time was which I talked about most recently on the Epcot episodes when we went in 1983 after Epcot had just opened and I guess because I had I'm sure you know become a, a Disney fan at this point from going to the parks and 
I liked it. My mom must have liked it because we went back. So I've never really talked to her about why she likes Disney. I should ask her. Yeah, sometime. <laughs> like I've never really talked to to my sisters. They all are Disney fans, but they're not as huge yeah, Disney fans. Exactly. As I am. It, that really only stuck with me. And my brother and sister hate Disney, so like <laughs> with a burning passion. Yeah, none of my family hates Disney. Yeah, we dragged them there a few times after that, but it wasn't for their enjoyment. Nope. Anyway, um, so that I told that story of how I had the burn bomb book and that's when I really read all about Epcot and I had the countdown on the bathroom wall because we were redoing <laughs> the wallpaper in there and I had a giant marker that I would count down the days and made a dumb Mickey drawing. It was fun. And I, I had various assorted Mickey, you know, toys and things like that. That some that I had inherited from my sister. There's one in my office where it still works, the pull string Mickey oh, Mouse. Yeah, yeah. And he says, I come from Walt Disney World. <laughs> my name is Mickey Mouse. And um, there's That's a, a Donald. <laughs> there's a, it really does sound like that. There's a Donald <laughs> Duck um, toy that was always at my grandmother's house. Cause she always had like leftover toys from when my brother and sister, mm -hmm. who are nine and ten month, years older than me. Mm -hmm. So they had a different set of toys right. um but i guess the mickey could have been mine because it was from the 70s like if he says walt disney world hmm. probably anyway the donald one is like a tall thing and he you squish his hands and his <laughs> legs move so he kind of walked and he's like half hard plastic i should have brought these out for show and tell but anyway it's it was like i had toys and things and i had um a lot of weird albums somebody gave my mom one time a lot of like sing-along of the Disney movies like the Aristocats oh, yeah, and yeah. Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which I've still never seen that movie. Oh, but I know what? the songs from it because I had that album. And um, I forget what else, but there was a lot of fun albums. And then I had the official album of Walt Disney World, which is uh, somewhere over there. I don't yeah, have that one. We and then and they, they the Epcot, Epcot was later. Was so horrendous. my point was it wasn't like I wasn't a Disney fan before I got to Epcot, but as mentioned in the Epcot episodes, I won't go into all of that again, but we from the moment I walked in with the music swelling and the whole oh thing and Spaceship Earth and everything, it just like opened up a new section of my brain, basically, that wasn't used beforehand. And uh, it really made me a lifelong Disney fan. Um, so we actually, after our visit in 1983, I mentioned in the Epcot episodes that my mom was a ballet teacher. She was a former professional ballerina. My dad was always in the restaurant business, like a general manager, maitre d' kind of person. And they decided that they were going to leave all of that behind and open an ice cream store, a homemade ice cream store in Ocala, where wow. he had lived before. And my cousin still lived there. My grandmother had passed away. What a change. I know. It's crazy. But I mean, I guess because he had the restaurant business background, he thought he could, you know, make a go of it. And he did. I mean, it was successful. But I don't know. My parents just got bored easily or something because <laughs> after two years, they sold that. Um, it the, the reason they sold it was hoping that that person would keep it going, but they ended up selling it. So there's like no record of Susanna Sweet Shop for the two years it existed. I swear. It in did Ocala. exist. <clears throat> and I got to work there. So that was my first experience working when I was age like 12, 11, wow. 12. I would work there on the weekends, close up the shop and come home in time for Miami Vice on Friday nights. <laughs> it was a good time. The 80s <laughs> in Ocala. 
Lots of malls visiting. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I digress. Then we moved to Virginia, which I guess I didn't mention. I was actually born in Virginia. Why? I don't know. I don't remember. My dad's you job, I think. so much. This last, this house that we're living in right now is my 27th move. I believe it was my third. In my life. So Maybe fourth. <laughs> yeah. That's another whole separate podcast experience from this one. But, um, well, my dad, you know, being in the restaurant business at in Virginia, he he moved to um, like the Washington D.C. area. He worked in the Capitol Hill Club then, which is like a fancy yeah. schmancy dining hall for the sure senators is. and the congressmen and stuff like that. He always told this story. This is another digression. Sorry, of um, John. President Ford, like the TV that he was yeah. watching the election results come in on was broken and he ran back to our townhouse in Fairfax and got his TV and brought it back for him to watch. No clue if that's real or not, but that was the story he always told. Anyway, I was born in Fairfax, Virginia. <laughs> um, after that, we moved to Roanoke, Virginia, which is in the middle of the state near yeah. the Blue Ridge Mountains. And he worked at the Roanoke Civic Center so he had lots of fun stories of acts that came there, like Kiss and Julie Andrews. They swore like a sailor. Hello. You won't hear that on an, any other podcasts. <laughs> but. Um, and then after that, we moved to Clifton Park, New York wow. for two years. I don't know what he did then. I was only two. Uh, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, we moved back to Virginia. <laughs> Sorry, that was... When we left Ocala, we moved back to Virginia, and it wasn't like they had never been there before. I didn't remember it because I was only two, but we moved to Lynchburg, which is right near Roanoke. Mm -hmm. And I went to eighth grade through 10th grade, well, the middle of the beginning of 10th grade there. And they opened wow. a restaurant in Appomattox, Virginia, country restaurant also named Susanna's. <laughs> we oh. did still visit Disney during that time. We would drive down and just go and see what was new um i don't have the timelines of things but like when new hotels would open we would i guess like choose to stay there That's um cool. i forgot to mention oh my gosh going back to my 80s visits before we moved to ocala that's when we stayed at the vacation villas that's right i i thought you were going to talk about that i'm wearing the shirt that's a cool walt shirt. disney world village i mean that is a lot of my memories of going to Disney in the 80s is because we stayed oh, yeah. at the vacation villas, which they don't exist anymore, but the property is now Saratoga Springs. So those Saratoga Springs, whatever they call them, they're not villas, but suites, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Disney but... Vacation Club rooms that overlook yeah, the, the former Empress are, Lily. That's where we mainly yeah, the stayed. The ones that are right there that yeah. overlook the downtown Disney, which is now Disney Springs. Yeah, yes. Those ones. And you can find information on this on various blogs, including my own a little bit, but mine, of course, is not as factual as others. But there was different kinds of vacation villas. There was, I mean, villas. There was the vacation villas. There was the fairway villas. Fairway villas. There which was were the on Club the golf Lake. course. The Club Lake villas, which were kind of like fancier ones, mm -hmm. I believe. And, and the treehouse tree house villas, which I always wanted to stay in. I've still <laughs> never been at one. And now they redid them, so it's not the same, but I still want to go. Um, anyway, that was a lot of the amazing memories I have over the years was staying there. And we did stay with my sister and brother there one time. And 
you know, I'm just going to keep it real. There was a lot of great memories and a lot of crazy memories <laughs> in Disney as well with, you know, parents fighting and, and things like that. So I always yeah. used to say that Disney <laughs> was where some of my best and some of my worst memories were over the years. I mean, I'm an open book. You can ask me. I'll I'll tell you anything. I'm trying I've to keep it. I've heard the stories. Yeah. Trying to keep it brief here. But <laughs> my point is, it was always, I don't, I don't want to say a safe place, but it was always just part of my life from that point oh, yeah. on. And it, we would, that was where we would always go. We never went anywhere other than either Maine or Disney on vacation. And that was it. I grew up spending summers going to Ogunquit, Maine. But once we moved to Ocala, we still went up for like a week or two, but we used to spend the whole month up there when I was little. I still love that as well. But anyway, my point was we (laughs) did not travel the country or anything like you did that growing up and that's where you got your Yeah, and I realized I had forgot to talk about that. So maybe I'll add that at the end. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, um, so we moved to Virginia and then again, keeping it real, my dad left us, my mom and I. So we went back to Massachusetts because we could not live there by ourselves and she was trying to run a restaurant and pay a mortgage and all that stuff. We since reconciled before he passed away. It's all good. That's another whole podcast that does not include this topic. <laughs> but you know, that's life. Things happen. That's right. Stuff happens. And, uh, you know, Christian's making faces at me over there. It It is part of who I am. And it, it made is. me, you know, appreciate and love the memories that I did have all the more. And again, when we did reconcile, we would, he was in Jacksonville and we would meet up at Disney. So lots of weird, awkward memories after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then, so I ended up in Massachusetts where I had grown up after the New York part. I grew up, we moved to Massachusetts where my mom was from again. And um, I had lived there until we moved to Ocala. So now I was finishing high school there, went to college. I always thought I wanted to be a writer and so I thought I would major in creative writing for children. I thought maybe I would write children's books. And college just wasn't working with me. And I don't know why, because I was really great in high school. I was in all AP classes. And then I got to college and I started having panic attacks and nervous breakdowns and all that kind of fun stuff. Not for everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, I wish me now had like stuck with it and I didn't know what was going on with me so I my reaction was to not go to class and so I took a semester off and tried to figure my life out after transferring to two different colleges and I ended up going to a school where they had a travel and tourism management major And they actually had a bachelor's program for it, which was unheard of (laughs) at the time. And I don't know if it exists now. Anyway, I thought I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to move to Florida and work at Walt Disney World. Yeah. And I said, I'll see you later, mom and boyfriend. And they said, wait, (laughs) we're going with you. So (laughs) um, I actually got my associate's degree in travel and tourism management. If I had stayed one more semester, I would have gotten my bachelor's. But I said... No, I'll do that later. I'm going to go work for Disney. And I never went back to college. Um, So anyway, then I moved to Orlando. I had my mom and my boyfriend at the time with me. We all got jobs at Magic Kingdom, at Walt Disney World. I was at Magic Kingdom. 
my mom was at all-star sports and the boyfriend was at studios so i lasted a little less than a year there it turns out i'm a better guest than i am cast member it's fun to be a guest it is fun you don't have to answer as many questions and deal with management um it was fun i mean i i wish again i had stuck with it because as you know from being there for 20 something years almost 30 now i guess close to 30 if you stick with it then you can stay there forever but i did not have that patience i kind of i guess well whatever anyway (laughs) (laughs) so i then left to work at a real travel agency because my goal was to work for the walt disney travel company which i didn't realize you don't even need a college degree to do that you can just go in off the street and get trained um but they weren't hiring when i went down there so that's how i ended up on main street And then I was like, well, I want to go actually into travel. So I worked at a travel agency and then I got married and then I had babies. (laughs) And then I said, I want to live in Massachusetts again. And there was a lot of back and forth with that. But what I realized was I enjoy living within driving distance to Walt Disney World. So I finally realized in like 2003 or something that, hey, I'm going to move back here and stay here. And then we moved to Tampa, outside mm-hmm. of Tampa, and that was what I was going to call the dark times. We both had dark times on our things <laughs> because it wasn't like I suddenly didn't like Disney, but we just didn't go as often. I had two small kids, and it was like over an hour to drive yeah, there. That's, and that's a tough, tough drive. Yeah, so I was just like busy raising kids and being a mom and stuff and then i heard about this little thing called the walt disney world mom's panel ah yes and what's funny is my mom cut out a newspaper article for me for the first year that they did it and i was like oh that's weird and i like applied for it but i never even like thought about it after that i just like sent in my thing and then forgot it existed (laughs) so then between that year and the next time they were taking applications that's when i started xanaland my blog and that's when i discovered disney twitter which again was a whole different place back then it was and because there wasn't like everyone and their mother with a blog and a podcast it was there was like the old timers that had been there from the start like deb wills and you know lou to an extent had been there from the start as well and i guess the disney blog had always been there laughing place and all that but they were more like west coast people um so then we were like the second wave of disney blogs like amanda tinney and myself Mm -hmm. and a a whole bunch of others that may or may not still be blogging now um so i met more people and i saw mom's panelists on twitter and i was like what this is for me i need to do this job and i became obsessed with it as i've talked about many times and figured that that's what i needed to do and that was my dream and I applied and I chronicled the whole thing embarrassingly on my site. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a good site. It's, well, anyway, you can read those terrible blog like posts if you back want. And seeing it, but it's I pretty funny. I mean, the, I stumbled upon those recently and I was like, what is this? Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? Here's the thing about me I love to write, and when I write, it's very stream of you conscious conscien- consciousness. Conscious very stream of consciousness and then I forget I like blackout and I don't 
remember what I wrote ever. So when I stumble upon those blog posts, I'm like, what did I say? Oh my gosh, this is terrible. But, you know, apparently keeping it real, which is what I've always tried to do, really um, resonated with some people. And I yeah. that's how I grew with my following on the blog originally was because of that. People would be, there was like the Dizboards, which was another thing that's been there forever, um, was where most of the applicants would get together and be like, I'm applying, it's my third time or whatever. I guess it was only the second year or so. And that's how we would all meet and talk to each other. And I didn't really ever take to the the message board life. So I was like, well, I'm chronicling it over here on my site. And so people found me that way. Um, I did get on the panel. It was the first ever part-time panelist they did, <laughs> which I don't know if they were throwing me a bone to shut me up or what, because I was very vocal about the whole process. And I didn't actually make it through to the third round. I got a thanks but no thanks email. Oh, wow. And I I think I wrote a blog post that was like, well, it's come to an end or something oh, ridiculous no. like that. And then I got another email that was like, oh, we sent you the wrong email. We're going to call you for your phone interview. And I was like, okay. I took what I could get. And, you know, so then they're like, well, we're going to give you a part-time panelist position, which means you don't get a week vacation at Disney World as your, you know, payment for being on the panel. You get a four and five day park hopper pass or something like that. And I was like, cool, I have annual passes, but thanks anyway. Um, it was a fun experience, though. But what that did, the reason why I'm telling this whole thing is up until that point, I had been only a stay-at-home mom. Um, I had just recently gone back to work part-time because I was like, I could do this at Starbucks before I had Gio, my youngest, who is now 11. <clears throat> and so I was doing that while the kids were in school, sometimes after school. And I was going to, I was like, this is a great company to work for. I'm going to be a partner, assistant manager thing or whatever. And then I got pregnant with Gio, which was, it was on purpose because it was like my last chance to have a baby. Keeping it real. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was 34. And so I was like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be now. And I want to have another baby. So I did. And then I got on the mom's panel and prior to working at the Starbucks, I had just been a stay-at-home mom this whole time. I'd been very sheltered. My social anxiety, which developed when I was in college, was way worse at this point. Working at Starbucks had really made me, forced me to be more personable and be able to talk to people and stuff like that. So that was one step. The second step was being involved in the mom's panel and going on this mom's panel training trip, which was forget how many days long it was now it couldn't have been that long four days maybe three days sure. something like that it was long at the time for me so I was leaving Geo for the first time who was like a year old <clears throat> leaving my older two children for the first time ever I had never done anything on my own no girls trips nothing it was just me at home with the kids and so that whole thing that trip really was like very eye-opening for me like wait a minute I am a real person and I'm in I can be independent and I can do things that make me happy and all this stuff and you know I'm really sugarcoating 
this part of it, but that led to me realizing that I wanted to get a divorce. And there's many other reasons, which I won't get into, but one of them was realizing that, you know, I wanted to do more with my life and do things that I wanted to do. And, you know, bottom line is I married my high school sweetheart and we had both become very different people at that point in time. So anyway, keeping it real. (laughs) So this that developed over a a span of years when I was blogging and I did two stints on the mom's panel that were both part-time so it was just like a quarter that I answered questions and I loved the people on there I loved doing what I did and I also realized that I wanted to do more of like the writing aspect and the blogging thing and stuff like that um we then moved to Celebration, Florida, which I had always wanted to live there. It was like my dream to live there. We were renting my dream house. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, this is not my dream. And (laughs) so that's when I had to get a real job and work full time. And the blogging went downhill because of that. But, you know, we've talked about this is what led me to this. I really wanted to do more things. I've always wanted to do a podcast with you oh yeah in the middle of all that uh this guy was you know a very good friend of mine me and nicole scaretti doyle now sparkly nicole um we're great friends we met through you know back in the early days of disney twitter people would meet up a lot and there would just be like disney twitter meets or lou's meets of the month or whatever and i knew that you were like friends with lou but i didn't know who you were or anything and like i said i learned more about you from your trips to japan um so you were hanging out with nicole a lot because you were only working part-time i guess at that point so you had a lot of free time in the parks (laughs) and nicole had just moved to orlando and was working at disney and she wanted to start a blog too so i was you know showing her the ropes of that and we were all three hanging out a lot with little baby geo um and so yeah and you were going through your own stuff and then we became friends and ta-da we ended up together (laughs) and now everything's happy and we love disney the end (laughs) i need to take a drink of water That was a lot of talking. Um, So yeah, I mean, basically Disney is part of my life and um, part of your life. And I think, you know, we all talk about being Disney fans, being fans of the parks, fans of the rides, fans of the movies. But I think it's just, for me anyway, I'm probably for you, it's just like the feeling that you got as a kid And it's always been there um, as something to, you know, go back to, I guess. Yeah, because, like, I remember even those times when I lived in Texas, kind of a a thing that I did just to be able to bring myself back to Disney, you know, my new, uh, my recent trips to Disney World that I just discovered, plus all, you know, growing up in the Disneyland, I would, like, go for long walks and just kind of, like, just remember each of like each attraction, each land, and kind of like compare the two yeah. uh, between Disney World, Disneyland, and just I would just be able to entertain myself for hours, just kind of um, essentially telling myself the story of of each of the places and kind of. Uh, Did you like make of, your own 
parks oh yeah i forgot your room like what that was a fun story i remember what i used to do (laughs) like occasionally i would just be like i would tell my younger sister aaron hey let's draw disneyland or let's create disneyland i you know and i i had no artistic uh (laughs) talents at all or certainly model making talents so they were you know using toothpicks and pieces (laughs) of paper or whatever but um yeah so i would just you know I would either like take a park map or one of the brochures and just like draw an attraction or you know like try to make like even like an ice cream shop or something like that <laughs> just as a way of entertaining myself just that that's just the places I went to yeah uh, either whether it be telling myself stories of just each of the different attractions or doing that that's just kind of where my mind has always gone to yeah so it's, it's kind of always been there and I think because they're just so incredibly themed and themed well, authentically oh, yes. <clears throat> to a point, and we were just both there at the right time. And I think, I think for the most part, my children have gotten the same feelings about Disney and have a love for it. I don't know if it's quite as uh, immense as ours. But, you know, <laughs> they like it there. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah, it's always been a fun place to dissect and think about and learn the history of. I mean, for you, certainly you have all of that historical knowledge from all your books. And when I learn new things like that, that's always fun and exciting for me, too. Yeah, as like with the books, you know, just kind of delving into all of the history of whether it be the parks or even the animation or even just kind of the biography of Walt. It was just interesting to see all the little bits that connected. Yeah. Like, you know, just something as simple as like uh, the movie Fantasia kind of led to, um, you know, the um, the uh, that that attraction <laughs> at the World's Fair, which then led to uh, Universe of yes. Energy and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be kind of the development of Space Mountain from what it was, you, you know, including the, uh, like the Ward Kimball uh, pieces which were on the Walt Disney Presents, you know, whether it be um, um, Man on Man on the Moon, <laughs> uh, Mission to Mars, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And just all the d- development of those kind of things which then led into, you know, development of space mountain just how there are so many uh, interconnected pieces yeah uh, that i found through just reading about the history of it all that's just always been very fascinating to me yeah and i think that's obviously why our podcast is you know got the history slant to it because that's where the stories lie for me anyway is learning from the past and so much of it was drawn mm-hmm. from you know a real place that's either embellished upon or what if we took this real life thing and made it completely fantastical Mm -hmm. kind of thing like just the stories in general I mean I said I wanted to be a writer so like that was always the interest to me was the storytelling and that can be done in many ways not just speaking it's in you know the architecture and the music and all of that fun stuff yeah and and certainly with the advances in technology with the internet and all of that and all of those amazing uh, you know blog sites or, or websites that have a lot of that history plus I would even say the the creation of d23 
um, and the the D twenty three expos that have that have come out, and all of the destination D's mm -hmm. where they would bring together all of the people that cr uh, created all of this, and they would present those kinds of things. That's just an amazing thing. Yeah. I I'm I am lucky <laughs> that I have been to every day of every D twenty three expo, every day of every destination D, you know, both Epcot yeah, thirty, yeah, Epcot yeah. thirty five. Um, as well as both scavenger hunts. Um, that's just, I, I just cannot get enough of that stuff. And, and even before the creation of D23, um, they would have those kinds of things at Disney, um, even kind of like behind-the-scenes cast things mm, that yeah. I used to go to, not just tours of uh, a lot of the attractions behind the scenes, but uh, things where, like, the ambassadors... Uh, the Disney World ambassadors would like put together a presentation, or even Jim Corcus, yeah. who was a, a, a big resource back then um, at the parks, um, just for cast members. I would go to all those presentations that I, you know, and I had a job at that time where I was able to get out a lot <laughs> and go to those kinds of presentations. But mm -hmm. uh, I just love that kind of thing, yeah. and and so it's certainly been advanced now with the with development of the yeah internet plus I mean D23. I think all of that stuff has just exploded and it's it's great that there is an interest in it it does cause a lot of strife sometimes on Disney Twitter and <laughs> the internet with people agreeing and disagreeing <laughs> and very passionate about what they love and think should happen or shouldn't happen yeah but it's all I do like the passion I love but yeah <laughs> I don't really care for uh, strife. No. <laughs> so I I stay far from that. Yes. Um. I just I just want to learn. Yeah. You know? And I think you know for me I certainly grew up, for the most part, just with a very fluffy view of Disney, and it was all sunshine and sparkles to me. Um. I loved what I loved because it was part of my to me perfect childhood, and I had those amazing memories. And it's only been in you know recent years that. It was more than just my personal history that I was interested in. It was the park's history yeah. and all of that fun stuff. And you've certainly opened many doors for that knowledge to be huh. had and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So I couldn't do this without you, of course, because I would just be sitting here rambling my soap opera and of a life. I, there's no way I would have been <laughs> able to do this without you because I didn't have the wherewithal to make all of this happen. And I certainly didn't have... <laughs> the blog well. to uh, draw back from because I don't have that. And we wouldn't be here at all without Christian who That's hates right. when I call him out on a podcast but you know he really is. <laughs> but I guess you know that will yeah. I really I'm glad we didn't drag this on for multiple episodes. There are probably people saying wait a minute but you did drag it on. Oh, yeah. Well, like multiple, multiple episodes. Like yes. when we first talked about doing this, I'm like, this is definitely going to be two episodes at least. Yeah. And Christian's I, like, I did don't. leave out kind of some details about yeah. just kind of it's just like a bullet strolling point through timeline. the parks and all of that. But this was just how we came to be yes. both together and how we came to be where our level of interest and love and history of That's Disney right. parks. And is. for those of you who have um, been watching or listening to each one of our episodes this is kind of a probably a nice um encapsulation or just kind of like hey okay we've heard all of these things but who are who exactly. are we who are the people behind starting all of out this? on episode three and are like who are these clowns here's your answer that's right 
<laughs> so thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, if you're just listening for the first time, we will have many more episodes mm-hmm. with interesting topics that we're working on. Presently. That's right. Uh, you can listen to the old stuff, of course, as well. We always have the audio version and on YouTube, which you could be watching on right now. Hello. <laughs> and we will have an accompanying blog post with more information, which I don't know what we're going to put in it. This one, because it's just our personal stuff. But Pictures we'll still of do us? It. No, I don't know. We'll do a, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening if you've listened this whole time. And like I said in the beginning, we want to hear your story too. So yes. drop us a line, send us a comment wherever you're watching or listening to this. Please. Or on Disney Twitter, mm-hmm. where you can find us on that blog post. We'll link all of our names it's also on youtube so thank Zanaland. you again. yeah <laughs> land that's me um thank you for listening thank you for sharing and liking and subscribing all of that stuff helps us to know we should keep going and doing what we think is fun but yeah. it's more fun if we hear from you <laughs> and know that other people are having fun that's also. Right. so thanks for joining us up, up the, the waterfall, waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> bye now